Hello, I'm Scott Cullen, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. So, today's episode, uh, we are going to continue with our draft histories, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll cover the tri-state area. We've got the New Jersey Devils, uh, New York Islanders, and New York Rangers uh, for today's show. Uh, but first, uh, the Boston Bruins. They've re-signed defenseman Brandon Carlo to a six-year, $24.6 million deal. This also comes in the wake of veteran Bruins defenseman Kevin Miller announcing his retirement. Uh, it seems like Boston may have miscalculated on their defense core a year ago, uh, choosing to pay Miller, who'd been battling a bunch of injuries, uh, rather than Captain Zdeno Chara, who ultimately signed a minimum uh, contract with uh, the Washington Capitals. And sure, there's a left-shot-right thing there, but... Uh, Chara would have provided at least as much value, uh, and given that he was the, the Bruins' captain for a long time, it might have been worth preserving that relationship. And Chara was still a serviceable defender for the Capitals at age 44, uh, and maybe he's going to re- uh, choose to retire this offseason, but he probably doesn't have to. If, if Chara wants to play, uh, and he should be able to uh, continue, I guess the question is whether you know he wants to move again, uh, or whether there's a spot for him in Washington. Nevertheless, uh, the Carlo contract is a bit concerning. He's he's a big body defensive defenseman, and that has that has value. He's a good penalty killer, uh, and you can play him in a shutdown role. The question is, uh, how much value uh, when you take into account that the Bruins have a really hard time generating offense uh, with Carlo on the ice, and he's coming off a season with multiple head injuries. Uh, he played in just 27 of 56 games in the regular season, so the injury risk alone would make. Uh, me a little nervous, I guess, of, about a long-term deal. And that's kind of where this deal lands. It's in questionable territory. It's not egregiously terrible or amazingly outstanding. It's kind of, it's a good player with a few shortcomings that it, it could lead to some issues over the course of a six-year deal. Uh, but if Brandon Carlos playing in the Bruins' top four for, for those years, then the value should probably be fine. Um, but we, we will see if that's, how, if that's how it turns out. Certainly if you're, you're the Bruins, uh, you don't want to, to miss uh, spending money on, on a guy who's a really a defensive defenseman. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the National Hockey League. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the National Hockey League group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, They have a bunch of great flavors, and that includes coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's a wide variety there. Should be something for everyone. My favorite of that uh, list of flavors is salted caramel. Uh, And if you haven't tried uh, those flavors, you can get a mixed box from Built Bar where you get two of each of those uh, nine flavors. Try them out yourself uh, and then decide which ones you like the best and order more of those. Uh, So not only do you have... Uh, this great variety of flavors, but they're all covered in 100% chocolate, so they taste great and they're healthy. Uh, Built Bars are loaded with protein. 
they're low in calorie, low in sugar, low in carbs. Uh, so you can use them as part of a workout routine. And I, uh, when I was going to an outdoor boot camp, I, I leaned right into it, making Built Bar part of the post-workout routine, uh, give my muscles a protein boost, uh, and it, uh, I, I had some success. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So let's continue with uh, draft histories, and we're picking up uh, with the New Jersey Devils, and we start in 2005 uh, for each team. Uh, in 2005, the New Jersey Devils had the 23rd pick. They used it on winger Nicholas Bergfors. Uh, Bergfors had some kind of brief flashes, I guess, in the National Hockey League. Ended up playing just 173 games. Uh, he was taken immediately ahead of TJ Oshie uh, and Andrew Cogliano. So there's a couple uh, that, that would be nice in his place. Uh, then Matt Pellick and Joe Finley uh, and Matt Niskanen. Uh, Niskanen uh, as well provided a lot of value. Uh, after Bergforce. Now, in the third round, uh, the Devils drafted defenseman Mark Fraser, uh, and in the fifth round, defenseman Mark Fain. You know, neither of them became stars, but they played hundreds of games uh, in the National Hockey League uh, and, and probably offered more value than uh, their first round pick that year. Uh, in 2006, uh, the Devils had the 30th pick and used it on defenseman Matt Corrente. Uh, did not really pan out and, and stick in the National Hockey League. Uh, early in the second round that year, goaltender Michael Neuwirth uh, and winger Jamie McGinn uh, were selected, so maybe they, they would have been uh, better picks. Now, if you're the Devils in 2006, what are the, what's the point of uh, selecting a goaltender uh, w- with an early pick? That's probably not the, not the play, uh, but uh, the, there was not a great return on the 2006 draft for the Devils. 2007, Devils had no first-round pick, uh, did get some value out of the fourth-round pick, um, grabbing winger Matt Halischuk. Um, Halischuk uh, had a few hundred games in the league uh, and not a huge impact player, but a legitimate pro uh, for a little while. Uh, in 2008, uh, the Devils had the 24th pick and used it on winger Matthias Tedenby. Uh, now, Tedenby didn't really pan out in the National Hockey League. He went ahead of uh, Greg Nemes, who also didn't pan out. Uh, then there was Tyler Ennis and John Carlson, who have both had... Uh, fairly long careers here, uh, Victor uh, Tikhanov uh, and Dalton LeVay. Uh, and so those, those guys didn't really, there's no real regrets there, but Ennis or Carlson would have uh, been preferable to Tedenby uh, at 24. However, in the third round in 2008, the Devils also drafted Adam Henrique, uh, who has uh, had a, a rather productive career. So uh, maybe a miss again in, in late in the first round, but uh, the Devils do get uh, some value further down the board. Uh, in 2009, picking 20th, the Devils take uh, center uh, Jacob jo- Josephson, who was a serviceable checking center for uh, for a while. Uh, he went ahead of John Moore, Jordan Schrader, Tim Erickson, uh, Marcus Johansson, uh, Jordan Caron. Well, and then, and then the next pick after Caron was Kyle Palmieri, who ultimately made his way to the Devils um, and, and had a, a good run uh, with New Jersey. Uh, in the second round that year, they got defenseman Eric Jelena. Overall, not a great uh, haul in 2009. Uh, for the Devils. In 2010, they had no first-round pick. Devils used a second-round pick on defenseman John Merrill, uh, who has carved out uh, a solid enough NHL career. Uh, Not a star by any stretch, but uh, he's played more than 400 games in the league. Uh, And then uh, in the third round, they drafted goaltender Scott Wedgwood, who's basically been an AHLer uh, for the most part until this past season when he kind of got pressed into into more action for the Devils. Still not. He, uh, by the end of uh, Scott Wedgwood's career, I don't imagine we're going to be looking at hundreds of NHL games. Uh, but 
uh, there may be a path to him uh, getting more NHL games uh, after last season. Uh, in 2011, the Devils had the fourth overall pick, using it on Adam Larson. Uh, and now, Larson's had a fine NHL career. He's um, He's been a steady defensive defenseman. Uh, the issue is, is that there was a lot more value coming off the board after Adam Larson. Uh, so the next five picks were Ryan Strom, Mika Zibanejad, Mark Shifley, Sean Couturier, Dougie Hamilton. Even if maybe you're not enamored with Ryan Strom, uh, the next four picks after that uh, offer a whole lot more value uh, than Larson. Now, the Devils did add some value in the third round. They picked Blake Coleman, who who has obviously uh, been uh, uh, had a really nice uh, career to this point, including back-to-back Stanley Cup wins uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and in the fourth round, they got grabbed for Reed Boucher, uh, who is kind of a, a fringy NHLer, uh, didn't really, uh, you know, have a big impact, but did uh, get into some action. Uh, in 2012, uh, the Devils had the 29th pick and used it on Stefan Matteau. Uh, he didn't really uh, stick in the National Hockey League, but in the second round, they got defenseman Damon Severson. In the fifth round, they drafted Alexander Kerfoot. Uh, and so that's uh, some pretty nice depth as well. And as I've mentioned, uh, doing these draft histories, the, the first round pick is the big one. You really don't want to miss there. Uh, but in addition to the first round, you need to get uh, value beyond. Uh, and so in those mid rounds, uh, can you secure somebody who, who becomes an NHL player? It doesn't, uh, you don't need to f- find stars. And it's great if you do, but can you find somebody like Alexander Kerfoot, who's going to be a middle six forward for uh, a good long time, in the fifth round, that's a, that's a real value pickup. Uh, so, in 2013, uh, the Devils had no first round pick. They used their second round pick on defenseman Steven Santini. Um, not, I mean, he, he's played in the league, but uh, not a real impact player. In the fourth round, they did get winger Miles Wood. Uh, now, Wood has played more uh, in the National Hockey League and is at least a solid uh, checking winger. Uh, 2014, Devils are picking 30th again, uh, and they grabbed John Quenville, um, who has been a good AHL player, uh, hasn't really made his mark in the National Hockey League. Uh, in 2015, uh, the Devils have the sixth overall pick and use it on Pavel Zaka. Now, Zaka has been a, a solid enough uh, NHLer, uh, but there, there was probably more value still on the board. Uh, Ivan Provorov, Zach Wierenski, Timo Meyer, uh, Miko Rantanen, Lawson Krause, that's the next five after Pavel Zaka. So the, the Devils probably left some, left some value there. Uh, with the sixth pick. Now in the second round, they drafted goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood, who, who uh, appears to be on his way to being a, a solid NHL starter, uh, but there have been some bumps in the road. It's not like not like he's an automatic uh, in that role. Uh, in 2016, the Devils have the 12th pick and used it on Michael McLeod. Uh, now, McLeod saw more NHL action this season, uh, but he went ahead of Jake Bean, Charlie McAvoy, Luke Kunin, Jacob Chikrin, and Dante Fabro, well, there's probably more value left on the board there as well. Uh, at the same time, in the sixth round, the Devils drafted Jesper Bratt, who that's a home run of a pick. Uh, Bratt is a, a quality top six winger already uh, and um, looks like he's going to provide tons of excess value uh, from the sixth round. Uh, the Devils also drafted several wingers uh, that year. They got Nathan Bastian, Joey Anderson, Mikhail Maltsev. Uh, the Devils in the past couple of seasons have been giving a lot of uh, guys kind of some reps in the National Hockey League to find out whether or not they can uh, they can play. Uh, and all three of those guys kind of fall under that group. 2017, the Devils have the first overall pick, used it on Nico Heischer. Uh, and generally, I think they're probably happy with Heischer. There still was some value on the board when they took him. Uh, Nolan Patrick, with the second pick, he, he hasn't really... Uh, 
had had a lot of success with Philadelphia. However, uh, the third pick was Miro Heskinen. Fourth pick uh, was Kale McCarr. Fifth pick was Elias Pettersson. Uh, and the sixth pick was Cody Glass. Uh, but uh, Heskinen, McCarr, or Pettersson uh, are certainly offering uh, as much value as Heashier uh, so far through their careers. Uh, I'm not sure that they're, we're at the point of regret, uh, but it's possible there, there could have been uh, more value with other players. In the second round, uh, the Devils also grabbed Jesper Boquist, who is among these young uh, Devils forwards who's been getting a chance to play uh, in the past few seasons. In 2018, Devils have the 17th pick and used it on defenseman Ty Smith, who uh, stepped in and had a pretty nice rookie season uh, this past year. Uh, and he went ahead of Liam Foody, Jay O'Brien, Rasmus Kupari, Ryan Merkley, uh, and Ke'Andre Miller. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, real reason to be complaining there. Smith has uh, established that he's a, a quality puck-moving defenseman uh, in the National Hockey League. And also in the fifth round that year, uh, the Devils grabbed Igor Sharangovich, who uh, emerged this season uh, kind of in the second half of the year uh, as a r- real offensive threat. Uh, and, you know, he, he was playing a, a fairly significant role uh, right from the start of the season. Uh, and it took some time for the, for the offense to come around, but down the second half... Uh, Sharon Govich kind of, I guess, raised uh, the bar for what can be expected for him uh, moving forward. Uh, 2019, uh, the Devils have the first overall pick again and used it on Jack Hughes. Um, And Hughes' first two seasons have been okay. Uh, He hasn't uh, scored a ton, and and that's obviously going to be a a question mark because when you draft somebody first overall as a center, uh, you expect that there are going to be some point totals. Uh, And maybe there still will be, uh, but Hughes... Uh, so far has kind of been putting up strong underlying numbers uh, without necessarily getting the, the points as a reward. Uh, he went ahead of uh, Capo Caco, Kirby Doc, Bowen Byram, uh, Alex Turcott, uh, and Moritz Sider. Uh, I, I'm not sure yet. I mean, we're still within two years of that draft, and so it's not as though uh, we, we should be able to say, oh, they definitely should have taken Kirby Doc. I don't think we know that yet. Uh, and so... Uh, I think the Devils are, are still okay with Hughes, uh, but uh, still looking for further development as well. Now, in 2020, the Devils had three first-round picks. Uh, used the seventh pick on Alexander Holtz, uh, promising uh, forward out of uh, Sweden. The 18th pick on uh, Dawson Mercer, uh, another uh, quality forward. Uh, looks like a, he's, a, he's a quality prospect, especially in, in taking in that 18th spot. And then 20th, uh, they took defenseman Shakir Mukmadulin. Uh, and... This is a bit more of a wild card, and maybe it's the kind of pick you make uh, when you have three first-round picks that you're willing to kind of roll the dice uh, on a six-foot-four defenseman who can skate, uh, but you know maybe uh, isn't isn't uh, the most polished player uh, yet. And again, this is very early. Uh, I don't think we can pass uh, too much judgment uh, on on what the future of McMadulin is. Uh, and also keep in mind he was the 20th pick that, you know, there, there's a difference between, uh, who you're taking in, in the top 10, uh, and what your expectations will be and what they are, uh, once you take somebody 20th and beyond. Uh, so, uh, if you go through this devil's list, you, you, you see, certainly there are a lot of years where they're picking late, uh, because, you know, when you're winning or competing for Stanley cups, uh, you end up with late first round picks or you've already traded those picks, uh, and, uh, but but you can see when those things start to string together uh, that that's uh, all it takes is you know to miss uh, in a few drafts and and uh, you can see where the the team starts to go south. Like if you look in 2010, there's no first round pick. In 2011, they take Larson ahead of uh, Strom, Zabanajad, Shifley, Couturier, Hamilton, 
2012, their first round pick is Stefan Matteau. 2013, no first round pick. 2014, the 30th pick is John Quenville. Uh, and, and, you know, you start stringing those together, uh, you, you see how the Devils suddenly end up picking first overall uh, in, after that. Uh, and so uh, when we come back, we will look at the New York Islanders and the New York Rangers. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball. The NBA is in the finals. The, the Open Championship goes this week, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, next up on the draft history, uh, we're going to do the New York Islanders. Uh, New York Islanders, uh, and we're starting in 2005. And so in 2005, with the 15th pick, uh, the Islanders drafted Ryan O'Mara, uh, which did not uh, exactly have huge, uh, huge value for them. Uh, and at the same time, it was not a, not a great spot uh, in the draft. Uh, the next picks, Alex Barrett, uh, Martin Hensel, Ryan Parent, uh, Jakob Kindle, Kendall McArdle. Uh, there are some misses there. I mean, Hensel had a... Uh, a successful NHL career, but it was also an injury-plagued uh, NHL career, and then a bunch of guys there who who really didn't stick uh, in the league, and and the Islanders didn't get much value uh, otherwise. 2006, uh, with the seventh overall pick, they drafted Kyle Pozo, uh, who has had a a long and productive NHL career, uh, and he went ahead of Peter Mueller, James Shepard, Michael Frolik, Jonathan Bernier, Brian Little. Uh, I think that's pretty reasonable to to have. Opozo there. Uh, in the sixth round, the Islanders drafted defenseman Andrew McDonald. Uh, and, you know, say what you will about the uh, the analytics uh, crushing Andrew McDonald uh, later in his career. Uh, but uh, the fact that he played, you know, 500 plus games as a sixth round pick, uh, that's some value. Uh, the Islanders also drafted winger Jesse Yoensu uh, in the second round. He played more than 100 games, but uh, not, not a huge uh, impact in the National Hockey League. 2007, the Islanders had no picks in the first two rounds. Uh, their third round pick was defenseman Mark Kadic. He played 11 games. That's all the Islanders got out of their 2007 draft. Uh, that's that's a big oof. Uh, in 2008, though, uh, the Islanders turned around and they had 13 picks. Uh, and, and they hit enough. Uh, and so the ninth overall pick, uh, they grabbed Josh Bailey uh, ahead of Cody Hodgson, uh, Kyle Beach, Tyler Myers, Colton Toybert. And Zach Boychuk, you know, there are a bunch of guys who missed in that group. Uh, the Islanders hit on Josh Bailey. In the second round that year, they got defenseman Travis Hamanick. In the fifth round, they got tough guy Matt Martin. In the sixth round, they got defenseman Jared Spurgeon. Now, uh, Spurgeon has had probably the best long-term value out of the whole group, uh, but he's, he's had that value since leaving uh, the Islanders. Uh, in 2009, uh, the Islanders had a monster uh, of a draft, and not just because they took John Tavares uh, first. Uh, he went ahead of Victor Hedman, Matt Duchesne, Evander Kane, Braden Shen, Oliver Ekman, Larson. Uh, you can probably argue the, the case of Hedman over Tavares, but uh, I don't think there's a huge regret uh, in that pick. But look, look what the Islanders uh, grab in addition uh, to Tavares. In the second round, they get defenseman Calvin DeHaan. In the fourth round, they get center Casey Sezikis. In the sixth round, they get left winger Anders Lee. And so you've got four NHL regulars 
there, including a couple of first-line forwards uh, in Tavares and Lee. And then in the second and third round, they got goaltenders who played more than 100 games, Miko Koskinen and Anders Nilsson. Now, not stars, but uh, you go through and there are um, two goaltenders who played more than 100 games and four uh, NHL regulars all in one draft uh, for the Islanders in 2009. That is a uh, massive uh, haul. In 2010, uh, with the fifth pick, the Islanders grabbed Nino Niederreiter, uh, ahead of uh, Brett Connolly, Jeff Skinner, Alexander Burmistrov, uh, Michael Granlund, uh, and Dylan McElrath. Uh, ultimately, uh, that was good value. It just so happened that the value half uh, kind of came came to be realized after Niederreiter was traded from the Islanders. Uh, with the 30th pick, the Islanders drafted Brock Nelson, and he's had uh, a very productive uh, career as the Islanders' second-line center for the most part. Uh, 2011, the Islanders had the fifth pick and used it on Ryan Strom. Now, uh, while Strom has has kind of found his uh, footing uh, with the New York Rangers recently, uh, you you can look at who who got drafted after uh, Strom and see that there was value to be had there. With Mika Zibanejad, Mark Shifley, Sean Couturier, Dougie Hamilton, uh, you know that you they could have come away with even more, um, but. Uh, in the second round that year, they also got defenseman Scott Mayfield. Uh, and so that, that's still pretty decent value, uh, getting uh, a big physical defenseman like Mayfield in addition to uh, Ryan Strom. 2012, uh, the Islanders had the fourth pick and they used it on Griffin Reinhardt. Uh, now, the 2012 draft was not an easy one, uh, but uh, the fourth pick on Griffin Reinhardt, uh, given his uh, very minimal uh, contributions in the NHL, that uh, that's a miss. Because uh, he went ahead of other defensemen, Morgan Riley, Hampus Lindholm, Matt Dumba, Derek Pouillat, Jacob Truba, and Slater Cuckoo. Uh, that's the next six picks were all defensemen. Uh, now, there were some misses in there. Derek Pouillat and Slater Cuckoo have not had monster NHL careers either, even if they were better than uh, Griffin Reinhardt. Uh, but Riley, Lindholm, uh, Dumba, and Truba. Uh, had significantly uh, more impact in the NHL. Uh, in the third round, though, 2012, the, the Islanders drafted Adam Pellick. Uh, and really, until this past season, uh, it just seemed like Adam Pellick oh, was a n- nice defense prospect. Maybe he, uh, he'll be pretty good. Uh, and then this year, he was starting to get Norris Trophy votes because he was uh, exceptional uh, in a shutdown role. And, uh, and so it, it took some time, uh, but uh, it looks like the Islanders have found something with Adam Pellick. Uh, 2013, uh, the Islanders used the 15th pick on defenseman Ryan Pollock, uh, ahead of Nikita Zadorov, Curtis Lazar, Mirko Mueller, Kirby Reichel, Anthony Mantha. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, complaints there for the Islanders pick. Uh, and then in the sixth round, they drafted Alan Quine. I know we talked about uh, him, uh, I think, on the Flames uh, because uh, he was he was drafted twice. One of the players who went back into the draft after he was unsigned. And, and Quine has played more than 100 games in the National Hockey League. Uh, had kind of a, a brief run of uh, success with the the Islanders uh, late one season, but not a huge impact uh, ultimately. Uh, in 2014, the Islanders have the fifth pick and use it on Michael Dalcall. Uh, now he goes ahead of Jake Vertanen, Hayden Fleury, William Nylander, Nikolai Ehlers, uh, and Nick Ritchie. Well, certainly Nylander or Ehlers would be uh, a lot more value in that spot. Uh, and with the 28th pick that year, uh, they drafted Josh Hosang, uh, who has rather infamously been uh, kind of stuck in the American Hockey League. Uh, the next picks uh, off the board, even for that late first-round pick, uh, Adrian Kempe, John Quenville, uh, Brendan Lemieux, Jace Haraluk, and Ivan Barbashev. Uh, there are some guys there who, who would have offered uh, a bit more value, but... Uh, the Hosang 
thing has been uh, a rather enigmatic uh, experience uh, to begin with, uh, let alone, you know, once Lou Lamorello came in, uh, it figures that Hosang would mix uh, with Lamorello like oil and water. Uh, anyway, now, uh, that, however, uh, so even though the first round picks didn't give the, uh, the Islanders great value in 2014, third round, they got goaltender Ilya Sorokin, who appears to be their goaltender of the future. He played well as a rookie this season uh, and uh, looks like uh, he's going to have a, a long, successful NHL career. Uh, and then in the fourth round, uh, they got defenseman Devon Taves. Uh, now, Taves had started to play well for the Islanders before getting traded to Colorado uh, last season, uh, or before last season, but uh, he's been... Uh, that, that's pretty nice value uh, to get uh, Taves in the fourth round. Uh, in 2015, uh, the Islanders got a big gift. Uh, with the 16th pick, uh, they drafted Matthew Barzal. Uh, and in the next picks... Uh, were Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, Evgeny Sveshnikov, Joel Eriksson-Eck, and Colin White. Some some really good players there, uh, but Barzal is uh, full value there at 16. Uh, obviously, the Bruins, who had picks 13, 14, 15, might have, uh, you know, might have wanted Matthew Barzal uh, there, but uh, they missed. Uh, but also in uh, 2015, the Islanders used the 28th pick on Anthony Beauvillier, uh, who has been a, a solid uh, secondary uh, scoring winger for for the Islanders so far, uh, there, there might be a, a touch more upside that he can provide even more, but uh, he's already sort of established uh, that he's pretty good value with that 28th pick. Uh, in 2016, the Islanders are picking 19th and they draft Kiefer Bellows, uh, who's kind of been on, on the fringes of the NHL, has not really made a, a big impact with the Islanders. Uh, he went ahead of Dennis Chalowski, Julian Goche, German Rupsoff, uh, Henrik Borgstrom, Max Jones. Not a lot of impact players there. Um, so the, the fact that the Islanders may miss on Kiefer Bellows uh, isn't exactly one that uh, uh, should really punish them because the next picks weren't that great either. Uh, in 2017, the Islanders had no first-round pick. Uh, their only uh, value coming from that draft so far, I mean, we're not that far away from it, but uh, is their fourth-round pick. They drafted the other, Sebastian Ajo, uh, who's played 25 games in the National Hockey League. Uh, don't know whether there's uh, a real long-term uh, future uh, out of that 2017 draft. In 2018, the Islanders had back-to-back picks. At 11th, they drafted Oliver Wallstrom. At 12th, they drafted Noah Dobson, getting a winger and a defenseman. Uh, now, the next picks, Ty Delandria, Joel Farabee, Grigory Denisenko, Martin Kaup, uh, and Ty Smith. You know, there, there are some guys there who uh, have uh, had an impact in the National Hockey League, uh, but I, I don't think we're at a point yet where you could... Uh, really pass judgment and say that Wallstrom or Dobson won't uh, be deserving of their spots there. Uh, now, 2019, the Islanders had the 23rd pick and used it on Simon Holmstrom. Uh, again, we're, we're not too far uh, removed from that draft, uh, but I, I don't know that Holmstrom is terribly uh, appealing uh, at this point. But uh, And then in 2020, the Islanders had no picks in their first two rounds. Uh, so, you can kind of minimize expectations, I guess, uh, at that point. But uh, just as we talked about uh, with the Devils, uh, you can see that when, when teams start uh, picking later in the draft uh, or they're trading away their first rounders, uh, you really can't afford to miss uh, on your picks. And so you can go back to, say, 2014 with the fifth pick. It's Michael Del Call. Um, I mean, they, they hit on value later uh, in the third and fourth round that year, but uh you know, Del Call really hasn't uh, provided great value. Now, they did get value in 2015, uh, but 2016 uh, is Kiefer Bellows. 2017, no first-round pick. 2018, it's Wallstrom and Dobson. Uh, 
you know, there's still potential for both of those guys. Uh, but 2019, Simon Holmstrom, you don't know. 2020, no picks in the first two rounds. So the Islanders are kind of, they're at the tipping point here. Uh, this is... This is the the kind of trend where where a team uh, starts to starts to head downwards because uh, you can't miss uh, in your draft uh, that frequently uh, and still continue uh, to be competitive. Uh, at least that that's sort of been the uh, the general uh, through line when you go through all these teams is that uh, when you start missing on three or four uh, drafts uh, in a row or four out of five, um, it starts to catch up to you. Uh, so there we are with the Islanders. Let's go take a look uh, at the New York Rangers. Uh, and now the Rangers, uh, they're, they're an interesting uh, draft history as well. Uh, 2005, uh, with the 12th pick, they draft defenseman Mark Stahl. Uh, and Stahl played a long time for the Rangers, uh, may have played too much uh, for the Rangers uh, uh, if, you, if you look at his impacts. But uh, with the 12th pick, if you get a defenseman who plays that long in the league, you're probably... Uh, not too bad. Uh, the second round pick uh, was defenseman Mike Sauer, uh, whose career got cut short by injury. He looked like a pretty promising uh, defenseman. Um, so uh, that one's kind of a tough break. Uh, the second round, they also drafted uh, winger Marc-Andre Cliche. And in the fourth round, they got winger Tom Pyatt. So getting a couple of checking wingers uh, who are not huge impact guys, but they did play in the National Hockey League for a while. Uh, in 2006, uh, the Rangers have the 21st pick and used it on Bobby Sanguinetti. Uh, who did not uh, make it to the National Hockey League. Now, there are some, some quality guys who went after him. Claude Giroux, Semyon Varlamov, uh, Dennis Person, Patrick, Patrick Berglund, and Leland Irving. Well, so three of those five had long, uh, successful NHL careers. Uh, second round pick that year, though, was Artem Anisimov, who has had a long and successful career in his own right. Uh, 2007, uh, the Rangers drafted Alexei Sharpenov, uh, with the 17th pick. Uh, Sharapanov was looking like he would be a really high-quality prospect. He was scoring in the KHL, uh, and but he died um, in October 2008. And, you know, that's uh, obviously a tragic accident. No, no, there's no blame to be had uh, for the team, uh, but uh, that's just kind of a, a really awful uh, situation. Uh, in the sixth round in 2007, the Rangers did get Carl Hagelin, uh, who has also carved out a pretty nice uh, National Hockey League career. In 2008, with the 20th pick, they got defenseman Michael Delzato. And uh, Delzato has kind of been bouncing around the league, but still playing in the league too. Uh, and so uh, there's value uh, for a defenseman who can play that long. Uh, in the second round, uh, they got De uh, center Derek Stepan, who, who was a productive uh, player for the Rangers for quite a long time. Uh, and in the fourth round, they got winger Dale Weiss. So that, that's a pretty solid draft uh, to get three NHL players. Uh, in 2009, the Rangers had the 19th pick and drafted Chris Kreider really their only value uh, out of that uh, draft. Uh, but, you know, Kreider's been a, a really significant player uh, for the Rangers uh, since then. Uh, in 2010, the, the Rangers had the 10th uh, pick and used it on defenseman Dylan McElrath. Well, you know, there, there's a certain risk when you try to, to spend a, a first-round pick on a, on a guy who, who might be a, a tough guy or an enforcer uh, because that risk is that the guy might not be able to play in the league. And that was generally the case uh, for McElrath. Uh, after him, uh, goaltender Jack Campbell, uh, defenseman Cam Fowler and, and Brandon Gormley, uh, winger Jaden Schwartz, defenseman uh, Derek Forbert, and then uh, winger Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, so th there was definitely value to be to be had uh, instead of taking Dylan McElrath. Uh, in the sixth round 2010, though, the, the Rangers did get some value with Jesper Fast, uh, who has established that he is a legit NHL winger. Uh, 2011, the Rangers had the 15th pick and, and got JT Miller. Uh, who uh, 
you know, had shown some potential with the Rangers, uh, got traded to, to Tampa Bay and uh, had, had, you know, kind of some ups and downs, I guess, with the Lightning and then uh, has, has went to Vancouver and has been very productive uh, for the Canucks. And so uh, to get the, the kind of uh, skill uh, that JT Miller offers with the 15th pick uh, is pretty nice value. Uh, 2012, uh, the 28th pick, the, the Rangers got defenseman Brady Shea, uh, who's have established that he's a legit top four defenseman in the National Hockey League. That's pretty good uh, for the 28th pick. Uh, but you'll notice in 2011, 2012, there's no extra value uh, coming out of those drafts. It's a, they hit on the first, uh, but nothing beyond. Uh, 2013, the Rangers had no picks in the first two rounds. Still made out pretty well. The third round pick, um, Pavel Bushnevich, who uh, was really uh, an uh, outstanding player for them uh, this past season. The third round pick on Anthony Duclair. Now, Duclair is... Uh, quickly bounced around the National Hockey League, but in general uh, has proven that he can uh, he can play in a scoring role uh, in the NHL. Uh, and in the fourth round, they got defenseman Ryan Graves, uh, who has established that he's a pretty solid uh, shutdown type defenseman. Uh, he established that, though, after the Rangers had traded him to Colorado. Uh, but that's three legit NHLers uh, in a draft in which the Rangers had no picks in the first two rounds. Uh, 2014, the Rangers, again, no first-round pick, uh, but in the fourth round, they got Igor Shistyorkin, uh, who is uh, the, now their starting goaltender. Uh, that certainly helps to make up for uh, not having uh, much value elsewhere in the draft. 2015, uh, again, no first-round pick, uh, and the Rangers, the only uh, NHL games out of their 2015 draft belong to a fourth-round pick, Alexi Sorella. Uh, most recently with Florida, he has played nine games in the NHL. So the 2015 draft uh, does not offer a whole lot for the Rangers. 2016, Rangers had no picks in the first two rounds again. Uh, and there are two players who have seen NHL action. Uh, that's defenseman Tarmo Runinen, uh, who was a fourth-round pick, has played four games in the league. And fifth-round pick Tim Gettinger, he's played eight games in the league. So you're looking there, 2015-2016, not a lot of value uh, in those Rangers drafts. Now, in 2017, the Rangers had the seventh overall pick and drafted Elias Anderson, who uh, was a top prospect and is kind of still you know, trying to make it, I guess, as a, uh, now that he's with the Los Angeles Kings. Things kind of went sideways with him and the Rangers. Um, now, after him was Casey Middlestat, Michael Rasmussen, Owen Tippett, Gabe Velarde, Martin Nichas, Nick Suzuki. So there were players who, who have done more uh, since in the National Hockey League, but there are also some guys who, who haven't, uh, really panned out either. Uh, with the 21st pick in 2017, the Rangers got Philip Hedl. Uh, and he's been uh, a pretty solid young player uh, to this point uh, in his career. And if you look at the guys who went after him, Kyler Yamamoto, Pierre-Olivier Joseph, uh, Christian Veselin, and Ryan Paling, Jake Ottinger, uh, I think the Rangers have to be pretty happy uh, with the value they got at 21. Uh, 2018, the Rangers again have a couple of first-round picks. With the ninth pick, uh, they take Vitaly Kravtsov. Uh, head of Evan Bouchard, Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobson, Tidal Andrea, Joel Farabee. Uh, now, Kravtsov just came over uh, this past season, and you know we're talking very small samples, so I don't think we really uh, know yet uh, what kind of player he's going to be in the National Hockey League. Uh, but you can kind of see the guys who went after him, um, you know what he's in competition with uh, in terms of providing value. Uh, with the 22nd pick, uh, the Rangers got defenseman Keandre Miller, uh, and that's ahead of Isaac Lundestrom, uh, Philip Johansson, Dominic Bach. Uh, Jacob Bernard Docker and uh, Nick Baudin. I think Andre Miller showed this past season that he's uh, full value for that 22nd pick, probably uh, 
could have gone sooner. Uh, and so that's nice value for the Rangers. Uh, now, 2019, the Rangers had the second overall pick and, and got Capo Caco, uh, the winger who I, I'd say through two seasons has been relatively disappointing. Uh, he's still young, so uh, there's a chance that this turns around. Uh, but he went ahead of Kirby Doc, Bowen Byram, Alex Turcott, Moritz Sider, Dylan Cousins. You know, there are some other guys there that, uh, you know, ultimately uh, may, may be looking at more promising NHL careers. Uh, 2020, Rangers had the first overall pick uh, and used it on Alexi Lafreniere, the uh, consensus number one. So this was not exactly uh, a reach, uh, but Lafreniere's rookie season was underwhelming. Uh, and, you know, the, the next picks were Quentin Byfield, Tim Stutzla, uh, Marcus Raymond, Jake Sanderson, Jamie Drysdale. So there's some really high-quality prospects there. Uh, and this is, you know, Lafreniere uh, not having a huge first season uh, doesn't uh, condemn him to a career of mediocrity. He might come back uh, next season and, you know, be a half-step faster and, and the game all of a sudden uh, really kind of com- comes more easily to him and, and, and the production follows. So, uh, you know, I'm not... that uh, When we're talking drafts 18, 19, 20, it's really... It's really early to kind of pass final judgment on those, so uh, I wouldn't worry uh, as much. Uh, but you, you can see how the, how the Rangers end up in position to be picking uh, first and second because you go back, uh, you know, as far back as 2010, where you know you miss on McElrath with the tenth pick, and then um, they, they get some first round hits with J.T. Miller and Brady Shea. But then 2013, no picks in the first two rounds. 2014, no first round pick. 2015, no first round pick. Uh, 2016. Uh, no picks in the first two rounds, and and player and just like in 2015, you've got hardly any games even played in the National Hockey League out of those drafts. So that's how a team all of a sudden ends up uh, where the Rangers have been, uh, you know, at, at the top of the draft in the past couple of years, and and that's totally fine because the Rangers have have used this uh, to build up and and have you know one of the kind of best cores of young talent uh, in, in the NHL, and so um, you know it's just interesting to see how the cycle uh, goes. Uh, for these teams, and, and I guess uh, the teams that can somehow manage uh, either to you know not keep giving away first round picks or uh, to to consistently secure value uh, beyond the first round. Uh, that's I mean maybe maybe the most important thing about um, evaluating these drafts is yes you have to you have to hit on your first round pick, but you have to get more uh, beyond uh, if you're really going to kind of have sustained success or, or kind of keep your uh, your window to competitiveness open because eventually if you're if you don't have first round picks or you're missing on the first round picks well then it just becomes a, an uphill climb uh, to to remain a competitive team so uh, there we go we have covered the uh, the tri cities of New, New Jersey uh, New York Islanders New York Rangers uh, and uh, we will continue on tomorrow uh, with our draft histories and um, I imagine the way things are going we're going to have uh, more off-season NHL news to discuss as well so that will do it for today uh, check out uh, my my written work at scottcollinhockey.substack.com also check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast uh, we're having fun kind of recapping uh, what's happened uh, in the season up to this point uh, as we're on the Major League All-Star break uh, so find these podcasts, subscribe on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. Today in the Locked On Today podcast, is Kawhi Leonard's time in L.A. over? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.